If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? Who was I that I could hinder God? Peter's response to the group of Jerusalem Christians is astonishing. Who was he? He was Peter, the rock upon whom Christ built his church, one of the apostles, one of the first called. He had been told by Jesus directly, feed my sheep. He was given authority to spread the gospel, and so I imagine he could very easily have made himself a gatekeeper of the faith, but he didn't. God spoke to him, and he changed his mind this time about his practice of eating only clean foods. And then the Holy Spirit descended on Gentiles, and Peter had to go and tell their story. Even the most conservative inner circle Christians accepted Peter's story, and they changed their minds about who to include and who to exclude from the church. Before, those people were out, But now they are in, and the in-and-out distinction became blurrier and more porous. There's no defensiveness required here, just trust in God. Our reading from Acts, it is a story full of stories, and it is a story about changing minds and hearts. When was the last time you changed your mind? about something big, or rather changed your heart, a time when you felt that it wasn't just the way you thought that changed, but also the way you felt. What was the thing? Was it in a time of religious trauma, a period of accepting someone's sexuality or gender identity? Was it about trying to understand or reconcile with someone who hurt you? Was it when George Floyd was murdered? Was it when you learned about the realities of the criminal justice system or about poverty? I know that I have probably had thought about all of these things at some point in my life. I have reckoned with religion, questions of sexuality, forgiveness, and my own complicitness and privilege in a country built for white people. And these are the big things, the stuff of the heart. Surely you can think of transformative experiences like these. I am interested not in the change itself, but in the mechanics of change, the ways in which our brains and bodies adapt to new information. That's what interests me here in the text from Acts, because it demonstrates that the vehicle for a change of heart comes from a story, from a testimony. Almost every single time that I have changed my mind or my heart about something, it is because I heard someone's story. Stories are the most effective tool of persuasion I have come to find. Stories find their ways into our brains and our hearts and ourselves, and often they don't let us go until we acknowledge that they have changed the way we felt. This past week, I read the story of a man named Jonathan Conyers. 
He was born in the Bronx, and growing up, he had every opportunity to fall through the cracks of the system. His friends were in and out of prison. His parents were addicted to drugs. John talks about finding an outlet for everything he was feeling and experiencing in a very unlikely place, a high school speech and debate club, which was run by a transgender white teacher who encouraged and cared for John and for all of his students. John's entire story is remarkable, but what struck me most was John's description of what it was like to debate wealthier white kids about issues related to incarceration, the justice system, the complexities of addiction, and the realities of poverty. Issues that John knew about in a way that those kids maybe didn't. They both had the same research and the same statistics, the same level of coaching, the same numbers, the same rhetorical skill. But John often used examples from his own life to prove his points, to try and win debates. He appealed to empathy as something more powerful than numbers or facts. And it was effective. He was someone who was on the margins of where he found himself during these debates. And he changed people by having the courage to say, this is what happened to me. Or, here's a bad choice I made and my experience in overcoming it. In the article I read, John was not debating an issue or trying to convince me or anyone else to think differently about a particular topic. He was just telling his story. And his story testifies to the power of stories to reduce barriers, to create more inclusive spaces, and to empower others. His is a story about the power of stories. Do you see how stories build upon each other? How much power they have over us? And in many ways, the Acts of the Apostles is a story about the power of stories, too. Today, we hear about this pivot point for the church, which is the ordination of ministry to the Gentiles, the uncircumcised. Those who were already in, already Christians, were confused by this. They said to Peter, based on our understanding of the law and scriptures, what you did was wrong. Help us understand. Help us understand. And so Peter told them a story about God, about what God said to him, about the Holy Spirit, about baptisms, and the ultimate belief and confession of a group of Gentiles who had faith in the Lord. And who was Peter to hinder God? Who were they to hinder God? The listeners of the story became silent, thinking about the kind of church they wanted to be. And they changed their minds and thanked God for acting in ways that are continually expanding. We exist here in this place because people on the outside have told their stories. Women testifying to their call from God to be priests. Same-sex couples testifying to the love they share. Black Americans testifying to what it is like to be black in this country. In fact, we came to faith because we listened to a story about someone else's faith. A story about someone else's faith in a person who served on the margins. 
And we allowed it to change us. God speaks to us in testimonies and in experiences. It is never too late to change your heart about something. There are stories that never get old. So my prayer is that we all tell our stories, that we listen to other stories, find places in our lives that we make room for what they're telling us, the, the places that are poking us or imploring us to look differently at the world. Seek out the stories in those places. Because when we make room for them, there we will find the truth. Not just subjective truth, my truth or your truth, but a capital T truth, which is where God and the Spirit dwell with Christ. In the name of God.